In the week the NFU held its drought summit, on the programme today we'll hear from those involved, including DEFRA Secretary Michael Gove. And we're determined to do everything we can to support farmers at this challenging time. We'll ask what happens next, and while helping others is crucial, there's a word of warning from the founder of Forage Aid. Black grass has been spread around the country in bales, in straw. And we need to somehow stop that. And you might like to be beside the seaside, but for young farmers, there'll be no more sticks of rock and kiss me quick hats. We'll find out why later. The Week in Agriculture. This is The Farming Programme with Sean Dunderdale. Hello. The need for Wednesday's drought summit will have come as no surprise if you're a regular listener to this programme. We've been covering the problems facing farming for the last few weeks. Indeed, really, since the turn of the year when the winter really didn't go to plan and March saw heavy snow. June and July's dry spell, if you ignore the rain of last weekend, has only made matters worse and a triple whammy facing agriculture with fears of crop shortages as water supplies run low, affecting irrigation, wildfires destroying other fields and a lack of grass, meaning a lack of suitable food and bedding for livestock. Indeed, some are already making the very difficult decision to slaughter some livestock early to ensure there's food for the rest. So, on Wednesday, the NFU, DEFRA, the Environment Agency, the Rural Payments Agency, the TFA, various charities and others gathered in London to discuss what can be done. Here's DEFRA Secretary Michael Gove speaking after the event. We all know that farmers are facing a challenging time as a result of the weather conditions. And today's meeting was an opportunity for uh, officials from my department and from the other agencies with whom we work to hear firsthand from those at the front line. And we're determined to do everything we can to support farmers at this challenging time. And that means that we will look at the bureaucracy that may have in the past impeded us and others from providing support to farmers. We want to sweep that bureaucracy away. We want to make sure that farmers have access to the water they need in order to make sure that crops can grow. We want to make sure that farmers have access to the feed that uh, uh, livestock needs in order to ensure that we can have uh, food production maintained and healthy and successful farm businesses. And we'll do whatever it takes in order to make sure that our farmers can continue to run successful businesses and that food supplies can continue to be healthy. But of course, the challenges that we face are part of a broader set of challenges that uh, climate change brings. And uh, today's meeting reinforces, and we both know this, the vital importance of making sure that we support food production in this country in the future. And we also take the steps required in order to ensure that we can improve and enhance our resilience against the challenge of climate change. That was Michael Gove. Here's Manette Batters, president of the NFU, who led the discussion. There are challenges for all farming sectors. So that is um, farmers that are growing um, what we call arable crops, so wheat and barley, for dairy farmers that are producing milk, for livestock farmers. Different challenges, but challenges for everybody. And, of course, not least uh, for the horticultural sector, uh, we're pretty much, at this time of year, self-sufficient in many of our fruit and vegetables. Um, So important points to be raised uh, on many different uh, issues that are relevant to farming businesses. Um, And I think also a lot of of solutions put together as well for today. So certainly bureaucracy is always always quite an an issue, and he's very keen um, that actually we make make things um, easier uh, at this challenging time. There was also conversations around water availability, water abstraction, where water is available, that our growers have have good access to it. Um, also conversations around availability of fodder, so that's, that's grass effectively and straw for bedding for the winter, because we've clearly seen that, that many uh, farming businesses have had to dip into uh, winter supplies. Uh, so we need to look at, at how we get 
fodder moved across the country. For instance, you've got a lot of straw, which is what livestock is bedded on in the winter. On the eastern side of the country, we need to be able to look at how we haul it across the country to the western side uh, and create better availability and stop prices rocketing. I think this is the other thing. We're really seeing some very high prices in some parts of the country. Um, many dairy farmers, you know, the average uh, impact on price at the moment is looking at about £60,000 worth of extra costs already this year. So that, that is massively significant and indeed unprecedented. So what happens next? Alison Pratt is from the NFU. Obviously the government can't make it rain. Um, any amount of drought summits um, won't really be of any use. Um, they could just be seen as a talking shop. But on the other hand, getting the right people in a room at the same time has actually brought to light um, the farming's plight. Um, we're subject to a volatility of not just climate, but of course of world trade. Um, and it really does show how important um, the farming economy is to the whole of the British economy too. It did seem on Wednesday that the entire country was talking about agriculture and talking about the problems facing agriculture. And I can't remember that happening in a long time. No, probably 1976, I would suggest. Um, we're certainly harking back to it a lot. Um, although this summer is an awful lot different to 1976. Uh, then we'd had um, a very dry winter. Now we had a very wet and prolonged winter. And the double whammy of the beast from the east and this um, prolonged dry and hot spell uh, really is going to mean um, quite considerable problems for our industry. What advice w- would you give? I mean, obviously you've got the fodder bank uh, that's open and that, the, there's the charities there who can offer help and advice for farmers who are feeling anxious and, and need someone to talk to. What more advice can we give them? Well, try and do your very best to prepare. Um, if there's any way that you can secure supplies of fodder, for example, um, it's only going to get shorter. Um, talk to your neighbouring arable farmers. Perhaps they can um, bale straw that they wouldn't perhaps be baling behind the combine this time. Harvesters come early, of course, so um, time is running out to get some wheat straw off the, off the neighbouring farmer. Uh, and arable farmers, please help your neighbouring livestock farmers if there's something that you can find. Um, some straw or perhaps some rough grass that you could perhaps bale. Um, Please do that. Um, And please don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, The farming charities are out there. Uh, Here in Lancashire we have LRSN, but the Farming Community Network and ROBI are just on the end of the phone line too. Now, Alison, it's Sunday morning. In five days' time, something's happening, isn't it? Something important for you? Uh, Something rather big, yes. Um, After 31 years working for the NFU, I'm going to retire. Blimey. Uh, what a 31 years it's been. You must see great change. An awful lot has changed in farming. Um, I think we've become um, a more cohesive and professional industry. Certainly the NFU has grown up um, and changed uh, you know, many times over. There have been many reincarnations of my job and uh, my colleagues' jobs. But um, now I'll be sad to leave the NFU. It's been a fabulous employer and I've met some brilliant people, um, both working inside the NFU and, of course, our lovely members. So um, I'm on to pastures new. Um, as I mentioned, um, LRSN is there to help in, with anybody in this drought uh, and who needs help. And I'm going to go and work for LRSN in, Oct- in September. Excellent, excellent. Well, listen, we, uh, we spoke to Guy Smith. He's the uh, Deputy President 
of the NFU, and uh, he wanted to say something just to you. So have a listen to this. What can I say about Alison Pratt? I've known Alison for many years, uh, and for people like me that hog the camera and the microphone, we're just the prima donnas, the, the drama queens. It's people like Alison who work in the background, as you know, Sean, that put this all together, and if it wasn't for her, it wouldn't happen, or it would be a little, a lot more flakier. And, and Alison's great, you know. She straightens my tie, and I find myself sort of saying to Alison, you know, who, who am I talking to, Alison? And I said, who am I, Alison? And she sort of takes it all in a stride, cool head, says, Guy, this is it, this is the key messages. Uh, and without her, um, it wouldn't be half as polished as it is now. There you go. Thank you. That was fabulous. Um, I've known Guy since he was... Um not an office holder and uh, he's always had the right word for the right time and that was absolutely brilliant thank you absolutely well james is sat alongside you and james is uh, your replacement you've got to start twiddling uh, guys uh, <laughs> tie by the side <laughs> mm, okay well we wish james well and alison thank you for all the support you've given the program over the years and um happy well it's not really retirement no. happy, happy time ch- happy at the change. yes yes absolutely. no thank you sean it's been brilliant good luck uh, to james peck in the new job and best wishes to alison pratt in her new role leaving the nfu this friday someone else who i know will also join in uh, sending best wishes is our agronomist sean sparling sean you've known alison for a number of years as well haven't i you? have i've worked with alison not just through nfu but also lrsn and uh, I, one of those people that you meet every now and then you meet someone like alison who's so practical so sensible so grounded and such a good voice of reason and uh, she's a genuinely warm person as well i mean she'll do really well wherever she goes whatever she does she's one of those people that will just fit in and do the job but she will be a big loss to the NFU, I would imagine, in particular, because she's been around a long time. Um, 31 years is a long time. You know, it's rude to ask a lady her age, so how much do you weigh, Alison? <laughs> no, no, guys. <laughs> so, um, no, we will miss her, but I am sure that we will be crossing paths quite a lot in the future, knowing where she's going. So, Indeed. Of course, with harvest underway, it's uh, that time of year when you normally disappear for uh, a couple of weeks and then you're taking a break from uh, the agronomy, not really going away because you're going to be on the programme again next week, Sean. But um, have you any agronomy advice for us this week, nevertheless? Uh, yeah, I think where people are putting all seed rape in the ground, the thing not to forget is the fact that rape doesn't like growing in an acidic environment. So get out there with a lime testing kit and just test because if you've got pH below 6, you need to put some lime on because you will suffer the consequences of that throughout the rest of the season. So um, I carry a little BDH kit. I've got an electronic testing kit. I've tried them all. The BDH kit is probably the best one to do. So have a word with somebody and see if they'll come out and test the land for lime. And remember, that just putting a bit of soil on a saucer and squirting it with indicator is not the way to test for lime because that will turn it immediately yellow. If you leave that for about 10, 20 minutes, it'll turn the correct colour of the soil. So if you've got, once you've tested using BDH solution out there in the field, once you've tested it, if you've got a yellow hint to the water then you need to get some lime on and remember ground limestone screen chalk will correct lime deficiency from about half a ton corrects it half a ph a ton corrects it half of one ph i beg your pardon so if you've got a ph of six you need to get it to a seven two tons of lime per acre so five ton per hectare will do that if you're using the factory line then you need five tons to correct to 
one pH. So just be aware of what you're using, make sure you understand it. But it is worth doing. A lot of people neglect that now, and we are seeing lime issues and acidity problems within fields um, constantly. Apart from that, it's the desiccation of beans. Remember, if you're using glyphosate, it's not a desiccant. It'll even the crop up. It'll kill the weeds. Um, But if you're going on beans and anything else with glyphosate, 30% moisture or less is crucial. At that stage, the crop is physiologically ripe, and that means the glyphosate cannot translocate around the plant and get into the seed itself. Same with cereals, um, same with peas, same with anything. If you're using Reglone or Diquat, you can go at 45% moisture. So it it seems ridiculous to say that, but Reglone works a lot quicker, but you can go at a much higher moisture content, and it is a true desiccant. Whatever it touches, it will kill. Therefore, you need to keep your water volumes up. So linseed is a prime example. You'll do better combining linseed if you've used Reglone or Diquat. And the time for that desiccant on linseed is when the bowls will rattle, the seeds within the bowls are a milky tea colour, and the stem below those bowls is yellow or brown for about three inches below. If you go too soon, you don't give the straw a chance to rep. The lignin won't break down, and that means it'll be like combining wire. So it's very important. You look at a linseed crop and you think that's nearly ready for combining. That's the time to put your reglone on, not before that. Don't rush it. Um, and combine it on a nice, hot, sunny, bright day is probably the best advice I can give you with linseed, and then I'm going to step away from it. But, yeah, I think harvest is... It's nothing like as bad as we expected it to be. The yields are there out there in the field, but they're not brilliant, but that's good. Anywhere between three and a half and four tonnes per acre or about nine to ten tonnes of wheat per hectare is very good because you're getting the quality. It keeps the price good. I mean, we're 185, 186 at the moment, Liffey for November. That's brilliant for wheat, and it's the supply and demand thing. Quantity is not the answer. That's what keeps the price down. Where we are today, a good average is about 10 tonnes on wheat from where we sit at the moment. The peas aren't doing particularly well. There seems to be a lot of pea moth about out there. The beans we haven't started. The winter barleys are doing, did okay. The spring barley seem to be running okay. But don't forget, we've got a lot of these late drill spring crops to get into and they're not going to be spectacular at all this year. So take what you get, put it down to experience and enjoy the sunshine. That's about all I can say really also after you've combined last year's crops keep an eye on the slugs after all seed rate um, and it may be a good idea to get some bait points out and just see if you can solve a little problem before it starts yeah, it's always good advice isn't it thank you sean sparling from sparling agronomy services earlier we heard from michael gove and manette batters fresh from last wednesday's drought summit in london also attending that meeting was the founder of Forage Aid, friend of the programme, Andrew Ward. He hasn't bailed for many years, but he has this harvest to help those in livestock. As he puts it, we're all in this together. It does, though, come with a word of warning. It's a really interesting um, point, Sean, is, is how, as, a, as an arable farmer, how do we um, help the livestock farmers? The grass growth isn't there, so now farmers are having to supplement the feeding with uh, silage that they made on their own grass fields probably a month, six weeks ago, but that would normally be feeding the the livestock this winter. They're now feeding that now, and so that is a huge problem. And then on top of that is the straw issue with bedding um, for livestock. And we've got this massive um, problem at the minute where the spring crops... Uh, went in late like we said you're harvesting early so as well as grain um, being short we've actually got uh, we've actually also got straw being short and so it's this massive problem of of how do we help the livestock farmers because we're all in it together 
and we have to help them some way but it's, it's very difficult um, there are lots of other issues and I've seen uh, on social media on Twitter um, people saying that it's criminal any livestock sorry any arable farmer that is chopping straw and uh, and not bailing it it's absolutely criminal and the farmer needs to really take a long hard look at himself it's not as easy as that there are so many other business decisions that need to be made and blackgrass is one that you know here we take very very seriously and we've spent £105,000 in four years on hand weeding blackgrass and you've been in the field Sean and we've done that and I don't want to spend that amount of money over four years to reduce our blackgrass problem that was horrendous for me to then say to farmer I'm going to bale my straw I then have a, a baling contractor come in with his baler that's been on a farm that's full of blackgrass and that £105,000 I've spent in four years within one day's work of baling that field all that work is undone because he's bringing blackgrass seed in from another farm into me now there are people say they blow a baler down that's fine you can blow a baler down but you don't get all the blackgrass seed out of it and I think I would like to see a, a lot more stringent um, regulations or, or something happen where the feed at the moment that's going to power stations, you know there's lots of things happening, lots of um, uh, crops used for power now isn't yeah. it, and energy. And I would like to see that we go, all the straw that goes to power stations is... Uh, not clean straw black grass infested straw is straw goes to the power stations straw like mine that is from um, black grass free cereal crops that is what's baled and goes across to the west or to the north or to the livestock farms because there's no doubt about it black grass has been spread around the country in bales in straw and we need to somehow stop that needs to be an answer doesn't it because black grass is a real problem you you know what it's like sean mm. you've seen us do it you've been here when we've had these gangs in the fields yeah. and and um it's it's massive and and you know and the other sean sean sparling will know he's been here when we've been hand roguing he knows what lengths we go to and walking the amount of fields he does he knows the problems that that it, that it causes and the yield reduction you get if you've got an infestation of black grass is horrendous it, you are, in some situations you're a waste of time cropping the field because it's that bad and so we've taken measures to stop that and we are getting on top of it but there has to be th- something done um, I am thinking of, of baling straw, however, but I'm, I'm working my way around it. I'm thinking of baling you know, two or three fields to help, and I think we all have to do this. And I've got one or two merchants in Cumbria who helped with forage aid and did a lot of deliveries for free uh, when, we were, when the Cumbria floods was on. So I'm going to work with those merchants who helped us with forage aid. I say it's not about not helping others, but you've got to think of your own business as well. Uh, exactly, and it's, it's thinking of your own business We don't want to affect our own business if if we can help it, but by just thinking carefully, planning, and thinking how we can do it, I think is the way forward. And we've mentioned planning, and I do know we've already had with Forage Aid three requests already in the last two weeks to help farmers um, uh, uh, whose livestock are suffering. But obviously at the moment they haven't met the criteria because of the time of year we're in. Um, But what we are coming back with, we are hearing, is that quite a lot of livestock farmers are carrying uh, high stock numbers their stocking density is greater than what it, it really needs to be and the problem we're going to face this winter is there could not might not be enough straw and silage and, and, and feed to go around and if that is the case 
there might have to be some hard business decisions made on reducing stocking numbers so that farm hasn't got to buy so much straw or hasn't got to spend so much money on, on buying in feed. And it's take, looking at that, at, at planning for the winter. You know, I would urge now, and we've been doing it for months, any livestock farmer who wants straw and who hasn't ordered yet for the whole season's requirements and who thinks they're going to be short of silage, please, please order it now with a merchant because if they wait until January, the price will be double what it is now and it's already very high. Andrew Ward there. Thank you, Andrew. On to the latest news then from Open Field. Kit Dickinson has the report this week. Yes, and uh, it's all news from German wheat this morning, really. Uh, the crop revision from the German Farming Association the DBV, set the tone for the markets yesterday after they slashed their previous estimates by 2.5 million tonnes, forecasting the 18-19 wheat crop at 18 million tonnes. Based upon actual harvest results, DBV commented overall grain production will fall by 20% on the year to 36 million tonnes after crops suffered record May temperatures, droughts and general heaveweight conditions. Harvest is said to have reached an unusually advanced stage with yields showing catastrophic impact of dryness, confirming the previously pessimistic estimates that have always been ahead of the market consensus. Wheat harvest is 18 million tonnes, which is 25% lower than last year's 24 million tonnes in Germany. London wheat closed £3.40 up on Wednesday evening, just below the previous high of £190.20p, basis November 18 with a spread to Matif at a £4 premium, having previously traded at a £7 high last week. Despite volume of corn being imported, wheat reportedly bought, and relatively low basis levels, consumers-based demand continues to drive London wheat prices higher, with limited farmer selling. Harvest is certainly in full swing, with varied results coming in. As suspected, in areas of light land, wheat hasn't performed well as a general rule but on heavier land, the yield and quality is coming in surprisingly well. Time will tell as more wheat is cut as to the average yield and quality, but with a reduced area of wheat from last year, the UK could well be below 14 million tonnes. The oilseed rape market is currently well supported by good spot demand, which is helped by the European oilseed rape crop being estimated at 2 million tonnes down from last year. But, as with everything at the moment, there is limited selling due to harvest. The winter barley harvest is over in the UK and yields are expected to be down, but still good quality. Spring barley in the southeast is well underway with circa 40% cut. We are seeing variable results, but across the board yields are below average. Scandinavia has cut 70% of their spring barley with very low yields, about 4 tonne a hectare and very high nitrogen. Normally, Scandinavia would have a 1 million tonne surplus to export, mainly through the Baltics to Germany. This year they estimate to have 200,000 tonnes of surplus. Germany also has a hugely reduced spring barley crop this year, which is helping UK demand. Beans, a low volume of beans being sold at the farm gate at the minute due to harvest and uncertainty on yield and quality. Export opportunities are scarce at present and low domestic demand in the UK. There is concern this season for high levels of brucid beetle and damage, which is worth keeping our eye on. Prices this week, wheat for harvest, 181 to 183 November 188 to 192 May 19 194 to 197 and November 19 although it seems a long way away at the minute 168 to 170 million premiums are circa 10 to 12 pounds oil seed rate for harvest movement is 306 to 308 pounds a ton September 312 to 314 November 318 to 320. 
Barley, harvest 164 to 166. November, 172 to 174. And January, 175. Malting barley premiums are circa £30, dependent on area and quality. Beans, harvest are at 191 to 193. November, 194 to 196. And May, 198 to 200. Human consumption premiums, again, are dependent on area and quality, so please contact your Open Field Farm business manager for specific prices. Thanks, Kit. Kit Dickinson from Open Field. Now, if you've ever been in the Young Farmers, certainly over the last 50 years, then you'll probably have attended the annual convention. Well, not anymore. The Federation of Young Farmers Clubs have decided to axe them, partly because of trouble in Blackpool earlier this year, with a minority responsible for drunken behaviour and some criminal damage which you might have seen in the national newspapers at the time. So what happens now? James Eckley is Chief Officer at the Federation. I guess it was one of those decisions that wasn't taken lightly, James? It's been an incredibly difficult decision for us to make. The organisation and its members have you know, a strong emotional attachment to um, the annual convention. As you say, it's been uh, 50 years in the being, um, but now is time to look at the wider societal changes. And what are the, uh, the future plans? So the, the future plans are to have an organisation that reflects the, the needs of young people in rural England and Wales, um, making sure that they're away from um, uh, rural isolation and have the opportunity to gain skills, life skills. I guess you've attended the, the convention over the years and enjoyed it at Blackpool? Yeah, um, myself and uh, our staff team have really enjoyed um, working on the convention. You know, I think we have a strong emotional attachment to organising an event that's been very popular, but now is the time to to look at something different when um, young farmers come together um, and look at the skills that they can gain as, lo- as well as the friendships and the social side. There was, of course, the negative headlines earlier this year. Do you think this decision would have happened regardless of that? I suspect it was coming um, regardless, was coming regardless of um, the incidents that happened in 2018, for sure. Um, things are changing, and the event itself was competing with a much wider market in town centres. James Eckley there from the Federation of Young Farmers Clubs. Right, to the weather then. I know you're busy with harvest, which is a shame because it's ideal conditions for a day at the seaside, really. The Farming Programme. Five-day forecast. Yes, we're back into the uh, warm, sunny spell again. 26 the high today. The wind from the southwest at about 10 miles an hour. Quite humid overnight, staying dry. 17 the low. The wind from the west-southwest, about 5 miles an hour. And then some sunshine to start tomorrow, but clouding over, warming up as well. 27, maybe even 28 Celsius tomorrow. The wind from the west-southwest, 10 to 15 miles an hour. Staying dry but cloudy overnight, again quite muggy, 18 the low to start Tuesday, the wind barely noticeable from the northwest at about 5 miles an hour. And then there could be some heavy rain to come on Tuesday, we're looking at highs of around 26, the wind from the west at 10 miles an hour. Drying out again Tuesday into Wednesday, a little cooler, 14 the low, the wind continuing from the northwest at 5 miles an hour, and then some more sunshine for Wednesday, clouding over later, cooler, 21 the high, the wind from the west-southwest at about 20 miles an hour. And then continuing that theme for the latter end of the week, some sunshine but looking at highs nearer 21, 22 Celsius with overnight lows of around 11 or 12 degrees. 
And that's the forecast. Next week, with NFU Mutual publishing its rural crime report tomorrow, we'll dissect that in a bit more detail and see what can be done to fight the criminals on our farms. Until then, as ever, have a good week's farming.